Welcome back to the After Dark Podcast. It's your boy, Mike. We got Sterling in the building. Chad can't make it today, but it's all good, man. He'll be back next time. Sterling, man, ah, how you feeling today? How's your week been so far? Man, it's been good, man. Uh, my girlfriend just cut my hair. Uh, I'm not going to show it, but uh, it's better. Than uh, you, can't, you can't say you just can't bring that up and not show it, bro. It's it, it's not good. I haven't. I was gonna. It's edge not it. that bad. Well, nah, we gotta get close up. Lean up to that camera, boy. Let's see that edge up real quick. No, I gotta edge it. I gotta edge oh, it. Oh, you ain't edge it. it up. All right. She just she just cut it, which is good for yeah, me. That's not bad, bro. But no, other than that, man, things are going good. Uh, I wish it was a bit warmer down here. Uh, it, after the past couple of weeks and being so warm, it is a little weird walking outside and me actually being cold, but. Other than that, had a little Mexican Coke today. It was a vibe. I uh, hadn't had I hadn't had a soda in a little bit, so that was good. Okay. But other than that, <laughs> you needed to add the soda there. Mexican Coke. That's a wild way to just fucking. <laughs> I had some Mexican Coke today. It was. <laughs> I was trying to be like, bro, you on one? I don't even know. No, no, no. But other than that, things are good. Things are good, man. Just living and just keeping moving. But I mean, how about yourself, Mike? I mean, what's been going on with you? Hey, man, I'm I'm doing good. Uh, in and out the doctors, but it's all good though. It's all straight. Everything's clear. Mm-hmm. Thought we had diabetes, but your boy is clear. God, I celebrated Jesus. with a double cheeseburger from Five Guys, <laughs> large <laughs> fries. So you already know it's good. You were clear as so we eating how we want to eat again. That's all good. Facts, mm-hmm. facts. Word. So let's jump right into it. We haven't spoke to y'all since Wednesday, and there's been a lot of stuff that's gone on. Uh, a lot of stuff for us to get into, some good topics. I feel like we're going to have some fun with this one. Over the week, we had Mr. Beast. Mr. Beast dropped a video, and this is not the first instance that this has happened. So the previous one, Mr. Beast dropped the video where he made people, he was making people <laughs> see again. He was blind. Yeah. They were blind, and he was helping them see again. And there was a lot of controversy. You would think that the man was doing everyone justice, but people were up in arms about it. They were saying that, hey, you're only doing this because you're trying to make money off your YouTube video. You're trying to do views. Like, yes, you're doing a good thing, but you know, you're only doing it, you're doing it for a bad reason. Fast forward and now what happened, Mr. Beast was out here and he's doing the same thing again, just in a different way. He's giving everybody a bunch of shoes, their first pair of shoes, and everyone's up in arms about that too. They're like, hey, you're still doing the same thing. You're still only doing it for your own benefit. What's good? So, Sterling, the question I have is, is this valid? Should Mr. Beast be canceled over this, or are we liking what he's doing out here? Is he doing a good thing? Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's a double-edged sword, to be honest with you, Mike. I mean, at the end of the day, we we both, you and I both know it is, like, a really good deed. Like, I mean, if I had the money to help people, I'm going to help them. Um, but at the same time, I do understand where people can be up in arms about it a bit and be like, yo, we know, like, you know, these videos are going to blow up. You're already one of the biggest YouTubers in the world on the platform, let alone you're about to do something that none of these other YouTubers are doing. That's the whole point of it, though. Like, if you think about YouTube, YouTube is about being creative and be able to be different. And he's doing things that are different. He has the, he has the monetary funds to do so. And he has every, every, all the people around him to do it as well and finds issues and wants to better solve them to the best of his ability with the amount of money that makes sense for him and his, his, uh, his team. But my point is, is like, look, you go to a place where 
they were specifically in the video the guy says the only thing separating these kids from getting an education is a pair of shoes literally a pair of shoes how many of us right now got our first pair of shoes basically out the womb i, the I got womb. one literally out the womb and I, i've never worn it before but it just had my information up there my weight and all that so we just had a wasted pair of shoes yeah i mean like we and we we have the we have the luxury of living in a first world country where all that stuff's normal but like you go to third world you know these countries that aren't even kissing sometimes i wouldn't consider them third world they're, they're in a whole nother universe than us because that's just how it is that's how it looks for us if we step over to those lands but i don't think he should be canceled i get it hundred thousand percent why people want to cancel with the way cancel culture is now but in reality bro like this guy is doing something that a lot of people will never have the money or the will to do so for me i mean you know, I'm a, you know, I could be a hater sometimes and I could easily say, yeah, I can't them. I'll be honest. But I, I will say Mr. Beast is doing a good thing, just like he did with the blind folks. And that's just once again, America trying to trying to be overly, um, you know, audacious and putting themselves in everything. We always put ourselves in wars, bro. We put ourselves in wars every single year. There's a new war we're in. Next thing you know, we're in a nuclear warfare because of our dumbasses. But. When somebody goes out there and does something good and they're not fighting and nuking places and blowing places up and shooting kids, shooting all types of people, they want to throw, throw, throw hands up for it. Right. I mean, it just it just sounds crazy to me, but I want to like see your thoughts on it. I'm, I'd imagine it'd be similar, but I don't know. No, no. So, yeah, uh, I think there's a part that you, you know, I agree with what you said, but there's a part that I feel like you didn't hit on is Mr. Beast as a person. <laughs> Mr. Beast is making... I think his YouTube channel makes like a hundred million dollars a year. Let that, let that sit. Let that sit. This man is living in Greenville, North Carolina. He's already like, he is on some simpleton, you know, no big shot billionaire. Someone offered him a billion dollars for his YouTube business, a billion dollars. He's not on any of that right now. You know, he's in Greenville. He's just making good content. He's doing great things. And I feel like what people have to remember, man, is like, okay, he's benefiting off of it on his YouTube channel and he's doing these good things. But what's wrong with that? You know, what, what happened to a mutual exchange? Like, you know, everything is built on mutual exchanges. Why we have currency? Because you, I'm not just going to give you something. I'm not just going to give you milk. You got to pay for it, my bro. You got to pay for it, my dog. <laughs> ain't nobody. This ain't no charity. You got to pay for it, my bro. So Mr. Beast is out here, and he's curing eyesight. He's also giving people their first pair of shoes. Uh, the only thing I'm going to go against that, bro. Did you see them shoes, Sterling? <laughs> them shits were beat, dog. Them shits was beat. If you out here curing eyesight, if you could pay for people to see again, the least you could do is get some fly shoes, my dog. You can get some Jordans, some J's on their feet. My dog gave um, him, he didn't even give her some sketch grade shoes. Those are some beat shoes. They're going to be looking, they're going to be a new pair of shoes three months from the line. But that's, that's, that's besides the point, though. <laughs> that's besides <laughs> the point. He got, he going to have them niggas, <laughs> their feet going to be fucked up, yo. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> their nerves going to go bad. <laughs> Running on them rocks. I know they can feel every goddamn rock in them shoes, bro. <laughs> that, that's my problem. If we go cancel them, cancel them over those busted ass shoes he giving those kids and trying to act like he did something special, bro. <laughs> nah, but, oh my God. but for real, let me, for real. And what people don't understand is 
Mr. Beast also has a YouTube charity account. So the very first video where he cured people's eyesight, yes, that was for profit. That was a mutual exchange. I think he knew that that video was going to blow the fuck up. So why not cure people's eyesight and make a buck? Second, Mr. Beast reinvests all his income back into the business. So he ain't even doing it for the money, man. If he's doing it, he's doing it because he's trying to make the next big video. But the reason why I brought up the charity account is because the shoes, when he gave away the free shoes, all the profits and proceeds from that account goes into the Mr. Beast charity fund. So he's not even making money off of that. So I don't even know why people are up in arms over this. It really doesn't make sense to me. Like you said, we always got to be in some kind of war. We always got to have some kind of villain. And it always be the people ain't do shit that want to be mad about it. The people that they, they tweeting like, when's the last time you get? A ch when's the last time you put a couple? You put your uh, change from McDonald's in the St. Jude's jar. That's <laughs> facts, right? That's I know every facts, single bro. one of us look at them like, hey, you trying to put a dollar in St. Jude's jar? Hell no, nah, I'm trying to pay for this Big Mac and get the fuck out of here, yo. <laughs> That's facts, bro. That's so, facts. All I'm trying to say is, you know, like look at yourself in the mirror. My man's doing big things. Uh, yeah, he's profiting off of it. He's making it big, but all he's doing is creating a platform and sustaining a platform where he's able to continue to do cool things like this. And the more money he makes, the bigger and better these uh, charity-like videos are going to come about. I'm I'm excited to see where it goes, honestly. Yeah, I mean, and and like to kind of piggyback off that just a little bit. I mean, with the charity account, right? I mean, <laughs> I just read a tweet while you were talking. This guy says. <laughs> Mr. Beast found the found the money glitch where philanthropy pays for 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 more philanthropy, and I was like, "Damn, that's so true." Because like, <laughs> think about it. Like, and it doesn't matter if Mr. Beast was like seem like the nicest guy in public to everyone. Like, and like back behind closed doors, he's the biggest asshole ever. It don't matter. Guess what? Guess what you're gonna do? You still gonna pull up that video for thirty seconds and give him a view, and he's gonna make money off of it. It does not matter. So for him as a businessman, I respect him as a businessman because he's an, he seems like an honest businessman. A lot of a lot of businessmen out here, no offense to anybody that does watch him, that we know that there's some shady stuff that goes on behind closed doors. We know this, but from the outside looking in, it seems like this guy's got the right intentions. And if he's got the right intentions, if you if he is adamant about it. Like, bro, give him the benefit of the doubt. Let's move on to the next thing, because maybe this could be the same guy that can maybe stop us from freaking going every every other year and going to fight wars. Maybe we try to help people. We always say we got to help people with democracy until we blow up their entire city. And then we're like, oh, we'll help you with democracy now. It don't make no logical <laughs> sense. But that's just the United States of America. That's just what we've been built on. And we're built to to never understand the positive. We're always built to negative. We are, that's how we are now and the culture and the way social media is now, it just makes it a lot easier on those platforms to express those, those feelings. So, I mean, at the end of the day, the man's doing a great deed. If I had the cash to do it, and I, obviously he's getting write-offs for that shit too, which is insane. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. I mean, he ain't stupid. He knows tax code as well, but I'm not saying he's doing it just because of that, but I'm saying if I had the money, if I had the means, if I had the platform to do it, I would definitely go out and help people that were a little less fortunate than me, or actually a lot less fortunate than I was and be able to help them the best way they can to get the simple thing, which was education, which we take for granted every single day. So, I mean, more power to him. Props up to him. Mr. Beast, if you ever watch our video, I know, I mean, I know you'll come around to it eventually. Uh, big props to you, man. Mad respect. Hey, and that's honestly a good point that you brought up. 
the fact that he might be he might be creating the blueprint for capitalism and philanthropy instead of this whole you know the all the crap that these big companies give us we give back blah 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 we can't see what you're really doing you tell us you do these things you know uh, maybe mm-hmm. you're doing some fancy accounting in the back end that makes it look like you're doing these things you and like you said tax write-offs and whatnots but yeah mr beast might be actually creating the blueprint for capitalism to do some real beneficial uh philanthropy events that we can see we can feel how it's changing people you know these things are big these are like he's he's doing some crazy stuff he's he's making people see again like how can you find a way to be mad at that i mean i don't even care i don't care if he's got cameras in their face they didn't even know they had a camera in their face they couldn't see <laughs> they didn't even know they were being filmed till my bro fixed their eyesight. He was like, "Oh, oh yeah, shit. by the way, <laughs> by the way, is it okay if I use this for this YouTube video?" He's like, "What's YouTube?" <laughs> like, word. <laughs> Chill out, bro. <laughs> oh, oh my god. No, man. I mean, like you're you're 100 right. And I I wanted to you know kind of roll into this next topic here because just speak. I know you mentioned earlier that somebody had offered Mr. Beast a billion dollars for his youtube channel basically and his platform and basically him just create continue to create content but them getting the majority of the royalties out of it um 100 agree with them not doing that now there's a video if you guys do have a chance uh to go out there and watch it he talks about why he didn't do it um and not only the money but for what it means to him so definitely check it out um if you guys haven't seen it but uh speaking of that and selling you know profitable things for yourself i mean metro Boomin goes and sells a, a portion of his catalog for 70 million dollars right i mean we know metro just dropped one of the hottest albums of the of the of the, of the year just recently or of the past year i should say hey, did that come out this year holy shit did that come yeah. out this year yeah yes so right now it's it is the hottest album like just up to date. That's yeah, my personal I'll just opinion. Wrap out. Yeah, right now. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, still, every every TikTok you see still got superheroes and superheroes as the future just hitting the well, very good dope. We we all on it. So he just sold part, portion of the catalog for seventy million. Doesn't mean he sold it all, but he sold some of it for seventy million. Let's be honest with ourselves. Like I'd have to ask you, Mike, and then also the the, the people that are going to be watching here. Like, is it worth like? Throwing away something that could, could turn into billions for you at one day or at one point. I mean, are rappers nowadays, you know, throwing away the bag or are they making the right investment for themselves? Yeah. So before I answer that question, let me let me kind of take it back and just kind of make sure that the viewer knows what's going on. Um, and then wait, for starters, Metro Boomin sold a portion of his catalog for 70 million. Justin Bieber sold earlier in his earlier in the year his whole catalog for two hundred million. Who in the <laughs> hell did Metro Boomin sell his shit to? A portion for seventy, and Bieber's whole catalog's two hundred. Metro Boomin out here even away from these niggas, bro. Businessman one hundred and one, bro. I don't even know how does he have enough of a discography for seventy mil for a portion. But that's that's besides know. the point. But see, I can't. I want to say. I'm on the fence for this for this over here because part of me says, and I think Metro Boomin did it the right way by only selling a portion. But a part of me says that all these artists selling their catalogs, they're getting the bag, right? They're getting 
70, 100, 200 million dollars. I think uh, half of Michael Jackson's right now is valued at 900 million dollars. Jesus Christ, goat shit. But uh, <clears throat> that, anyways, so and I, I, the amount of money that they're getting, what they can do with that money today and help their family, what that can turn into, the investments they can do, the way they can flip that, um, any passion projects, if they want to get into things, that completely changes their life, you know? Um, and on that front, I see where they're coming from. They're getting this bag, it's changing their life, that amount of money is, they might not have ever saw that money in a one drop. It's just dropping right there in their lap. And, you know, yes, you can create generational wealth holding on to it, but who gives a fuck about my great grandkids, my great great grandkids? Fuck them niggas. I ain't never gonna meet them. They ain't even gonna know how hard I had to work to get this bag, yo. They said every uh, they said all wealth dies in three generations. So fuck them niggas. They just gonna spend my shit. <laughs> Facts. Facts. So all I'm saying is what I want viewers to know and think about too, though, is why are these companies shelling out so much money that's the question why are they shelling out so much money they know something that we don't know that's a fact and because of that i think that the artists that sold their whole portion of their catalog are going to be looking back like whoa what did we do i think there's something going on with the metaverse Something they're doing where they're buying these people's catalog. I think AI is also a portion. AI can create your whole voice, your whole song. They can make videos of you and stuff like that. And these record labels own the rights to these artists. They might not even need the artist to hop in the studio or in the booth to do anything. They can just create a song, drop it. Justin Bieber wakes up one day and he has a song drop and he didn't even know about it. He didn't have nothing to do with it. I think some of these artists are going to really be looking back and questioning you know, what's going on? Why did I sell all that? That's why I have to give props to Metro Boomin for selling a portion. So he gets a bag up front and then he can also see what the company, what these record labels are up to, what they're trying to do in the future. And maybe uh, also get a win off that later down the line. But, you know, where, where's your headspace? What do you kind of feel about all this? Yeah, man. I mean, 70 mil. I mean, I shit. I ain't gonna lie to you, dog. Like somebody offered me 70 million for anything right now. I'd be I'd be on the I'd be on some ape shit. I ain't gonna cap with you. But at the same time, like I completely understand like kind of where you're coming from, Mike. But this goes back to artistry, right? Like I'm a businessman at heart, right? Like I'm not an artist. I'm not a fucking artist. I can't sing, I can't rap, I can't produce. That is not in my skill set. It's just not, right? But like we go back to the artistry, the, the art of creating music and producing music. And it's like does he de- is he undervaluing his discography? Maybe you could make the argument for both sides. Like he's not undervaluing it because that's only why he sold a portion. But maybe he is undervalued because maybe he should have got more, or he should have maybe sold less of his his catalog. Whatever it was, because the thing is, he I understand he might not have faith in his music and the produ- the producing that he's done over the past decade plus to continue to drag on not drag on but to continue to flourish in the near future when we're in our 30s we're, we're hitting our 40s to continue to make like that's what the you spoke of michael jackson and we everybody on earth that has a brain cell 
knows who Michael Jackson is or was, I should say, or he might be still alive. You know, you see the you, know, you see the craziness every day. But I mean, not in a mill for a half of his fucking insane. That shit's it's invaluable. He has the most invaluable discography of all time and will always have that. But I also understand at the same time, like, yeah, like I'm set that 70 million he may have never saw. He could do some things, flip passion projects, like you said, and maybe make make even more money off of it. I think it speaks to the fact that Metro Boom might not have as much faith in his discography as he really should be. Because I love Metro Boom. And ever since ever since I heard I think it was back in what was it, twenty twelve, I think I heard. A, a track produced by him i can't remember who it was by exactly but i just remember the production on the on the album i or not on the song and i liked the beat i was like oh like who's that metro boom and it's it what was was if no metro don't trust you i'm gonna shoot you and that is that itself sells more records than anything not even just the beat now because he's put his name by like his name is behind that and his production that he's done, it matches up. So me personally, I think he's devout, undervaluing his worth. And I would have honestly held it for a bit longer. But then again, he might know something I don't know. He might be right along with those record labels. Like, yo, I'll sell you this for 70 mil. Yeah, so I mean, like, Mike, when it comes down to, you know, like I said, the whole artistry thing, it's it's kind of an insane mindset, but I know artists take a lot of pride in the work they do because they obviously make money off of it. It's typically their passion. It's typically the one thing that they're very good at, but also, like I said, extremely passionate about it, put a lot of time into it. So I just, like I said, I feel like he just undervalued his his worth. And, you know, I love his music. I love the stuff that he's produced. Cause I mean, he don't be making music. He just be making beats, but beats is what rides the wave nowadays. If a song got a good beat, it's gonna go to the top. That's just how it goes. Hey, that boy's a liar. Yeah, we know we know how it is. We know how it is. Make a, make a catchy, make a catchy chorus and just have a good beat is if the beat sound like boop 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 up somebody might somebody might fuck with it so, Wait, so that's what my thoughts on that so are you selling your catalog if you were if you were an artist what what's your move you you chasing that bag or you see, holding on for the bigger bag on the back end see you know i'm a businessman at heart right and me not being an artist because i know they're super passionate about it note like meeting some people and like even when i was in college that like like making music and they were really passionate about it even though it wasn't like popping off i wouldn't know but for me yeah i'd probably sell half of it in this role but at the same time i'd also be like my shit is not that valuable <laughs> it's not that fucking valuable i know my shits i know my i know my album or my works all my discography is not going to follow up in the next decade and people are going to be like banging metro boom and i promise you they won't like and for me it would it be it'd be youngster whatever you want to call it it ain't gonna work youngster so, <laughs> it ain't gonna work so yeah i'm gonna still half and then i'm gonna let the uh, rest of it bake and if i lose i lose but at least i got it out i got some out of it and i you know made some money off of that generational wealth like you said is one thing but at the end of the day like i'm gonna make generational wealth some way somehow either uh, some way it ain't gonna just be from that. So and that's I mean, like a I'm good. That's a good angle too that you kind of bring up there. Like, uh, you know, you said you're a businessman at heart. Most of these guys probably aren't businessmen. So you know, just because you're holding on to your discography, if you don't know how to get that bread from it, like the record labels are, then you might not even get the two hundred million that the record labels are willing to drop in your lap. So some mm -hmm. of these guys, like 
one that's a lot of headache because it's not just they're not making all the money off of the streams like that's not the stri- that's not where the money's from the money's from flipping it getting in commercials tv being played anywhere else etc you name it you know but that's a lot of work that's a lot of selling you know that's an ongoing business and maybe these artists don't want to spend that time to get that bread from it maybe they're happy just grabbing the 200 here you go record label do the rest um you get whatever money you can out of it i'm happy the song i made um because i'm happy clap along jesus yeah. i'll take i'll take uh, my 100 mil from that you know <laughs> i made that little cheesy ass song i'll take my 100 mil you do whatever if you can get more from that you power to you brother but i wrote that song in 30 minutes and i'm about to get my 100 mil you feel me <laughs> hey 30 minutes for 100 mil i mean i'd take it too so i can't be mad at that so i mean in that same vein like i know obviously you know we're like you said we're both business people we're both businessmen at heart and we want the best for ourselves and our own personalities and our lives. But let's talk about a businessman for real and using his audacious sex life and ch- amount of children to make more money off of it. Nick Cannon. Nick. We know Nick. We know Nick Cannon. We've seen Nick Cannon since he was a kid. This kid was a child star. He has. How many kids does he have now, Mike? Probably 17, I want to say. Something like that. Some, something crazy. So, but if like, y'all didn't... Hella hit, different baby mamas. Yeah, this man is... He is dropping... Hey, if you can see my hands, he just... <laughs> he's looking like Steph with the shot back in 2016, my boy. But um, when it comes down to this, this man, if you guys haven't heard, I mean... And I want to get y'all's thoughts in the comments because this is just wild to me. Uh, Nick Cannon is to star in a game show, get this, game show, right, where the women compete to be his next baby mama. So, (laughs) Mike, for the ladies out there, for the ladies that are listening, I want you to ask yourself this question, comment down below. One, are you going to go on that show to be the next baby mama and maybe not win? But if you do win, you might go, you're going to get yourself a bag. Or... For uh, for for discussion's sake between Mike and I, like, is this ethical, Mike? Like, is this an ethical thing we can do on television or on or, or on streaming services? Asterisk. It's an ethical thing that he can do, but we can't, brother, because we ain't got money that stretches eighteen ways. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Cannon's got all the bread in the world to make his money stretch eighteen ways, which is why it works for him. And you know. It's, there's a kind of a thing out there. There's a community of people who kind of follow Nick Cannon and they look at it and they say that, you know, it's a beautiful thing to be able to pass your seed onto a bunch of different beautiful women and just have different specimens of yourself all throughout the world growing and creating this community. Uh, and I really don't see it that way. <laughs> To be honest, I don't know if you see it that way, but that's not how I see it. I think it's kind of, I think he's kind of going OD out here. I think Nick Cannon's pullout game is just absolutely weak, bro. I, you know, <laughs> if if a pullout game can have knees, weak Nick Cannon's got weak knees, bro. His pullout game got weak <laughs> knees. That's all I gotta say on that front. But you know, how is he able to be a father to all these kids? I mean, I don't even know how he's able to. Like, I know he's got the money to provide and protect. Yes, but, you know, there's also something about having the father and being in those people's lives. And he's not doing that. And I'm just interested to see on the game show, you know, 
You know what would be interesting on the game show is if they made it like a reality TV show and they brought all his kids and baby mamas in there and they kind of discuss how they feel about this new one. They have to put in their opinions about the baby mama to see who's going to win and get the next one because they got to join this giant family. I, I just think it's bizarre. I think it's kind of kind of nuts and, you know, power to them for making money off of it and finding a new way to stay relevant. Nick Cannon's always finding ways to stay relevant. And, right. you know, I mean, I think once he got with Mariah, his head was just exploded. He was like, oh, no, it's, it's a wrap. Any girl can get it from now on. I got Mariah. It's all game. And it's been all game, bro. So, I mean, <laughs> how would you feel? What do you think, dude? All I can do is laugh at this situation because we did say earlier, and, we, and if we if we didn't say it on the on podcast, we were talking between uh, ourselves. If you're good at something, you might as well make money off of it. So, I mean, and your idea of bringing like the kids and like the baby mamas, look, they ain't got a hotel big enough for all of them. I'm going to be honest. That <laughs> bill is going to be crazy. They got to feed them, got to make them travel, got to do this, that. And they ain't got 30, 30 some odd people probably. Like, that's not going to work out, my guy. Secondly, this man is a genius. Imagine, like, imagine you and I, right? Imagine you and I going back to our parents saying, yeah, I got 17 kids, about nine to 10 different baby mamas. Like, they'd be like, okay, look, I'm happy you got kids because we want, you know, you want, you want your parents to have your grandkids. You know, you want that. But 10? So you tell me. <laughs> 10 different women you couldn't stop and and now there's going to be some women that go on a game show that is going to decide who his next baby mama is it's like what is this like is this survival but for nick cannon see because that's what it seems like and he's the next gang is calling i mean he is literally the next gang is calling he is on a track like don't get me wrong like my 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 dad has 12 brothers or had 12 brothers sisters but that was a different time that was the 60s 50s 60s 70s bro like people were going to pop out children every inflation is too high nick i know you got bread like that but you're gonna run dry ain't no generational wealth for you my guy it is we got it one generation and that's all they're getting so for me i, I mean i don't see it as ethical at all not even with an asterisk with or without an asterisk this man Man, it's literally about to it, it, it's a bit degrading like, I, I'm, I'm gonna be honest like to speak on a serious note here it's like for for a, a woman young or old woman to go on the show obviously they probably got a tester to make sure she's fertile like if that's what the whole game show is about which is one already degrading two it's like you are going up there specifically to have him have sex with you to see if he wants to have a baby with you or vice or whatever way he's gonna go about it what is what type of comp competitions are you gonna do to like prove your worth? Oh, I just like her the best, or she's the hottest, or this, that, and the other. There's nothing. There is no. There's no formula, bro. That's what pisses me off so much. There's no formula. It's just like get up there. Hey, this is like Ray J or Flavor Flav. Let's just hop up here. Whoever I think the baddest is, like you rolling with me, and you might get some some shit splashing your face. Shout out my girl. I can't remember her name right now. That's splashing my boys. Uh. Uh, Ray J's face years ago, but you know how it is. I don't know. I don't for know. For the man. women out there, yo, have some self respect. Who's going on this game show, winning and then spreading their legs and like, okay, Nick, let's have a baby. Like, 
Come on, women. Y'all got to do better. It's 2023. Y'all out here yeah. making more money than the guys on average nowadays. I know damn well y'all ain't about to hop on no game show to be the 18th, 19th baby mama to Nick Cannon. Like, Nick Cannon ain't even that no more. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's not even out there. Drumline was like almost 15 years ago. <laughs> Maybe 20 years ago. I don't even know. I can't keep up with it. Y'all still, Drumline still got you going like that, going crazy like that. You want to just be a random baby mom? Like, I don't even understand what's going on. One thing I do know is I am 1,000% watching the show. I'm tuning in. <laughs> I'm hooked. You know, he's a genius. I'm hooked. That's an amazing show. I'm going to watch it. That's reality TV at its finest. That takes it back to mm -hmm. I Love New York, um, Flavor Flav, uh, going back to, you know, Brett Michaels, Rock and Roll Love, whatever it is. That's that's some fire reality TV content. And, oh, my God, I, I just want to see. I really hope they bring in all the baby moms and all the kids. I know they got to. They, they got, got to, to, bro. They got to. They got to. They got to. You know Any they hate the favorite. Like, who's, oh, yeah. who's the favorite child? You know, oh, my God. You know they be looking at that, bro, like, nah, because he spent the last five birthdays with him. I ain't had it. He's only been to one birthday party for me, dog. That ain't too, even too, busy working, too busy working. America's got talent. He ain't got time for this, bro. He ain't got time for it. Man, I, I mean, look, like I said, I mean, props to him. I mean, this is, like you said, old school. Like, you know how much old school television that we don't have nowadays because people would just get canceled for having the show, period, or being on the show? Yeah. He has literally got the amount of clout. Though, like, like, he builds his – his clout drops, and then it comes right back up. And he just it just fluctuates like this. He has the ability to do something like this. I'm talking talking – there is probably very few celebrities out there. I'm talking less than, like, in one hand count on one hand that could do this and he's one of them Absolutely. i will be tuned in as well i mean i did say it's degrading but i gotta watch it man it's reality television i gotta see it um and at the end of the day i i i just don't know and i hope these ladies you know i hope they're getting paid before they get up there because that's the only way i was get, be getting up there at all period if i was a, if i was a lady <laughs> but um, they they're probably fine too. They're probably gonna be fine, you know. Oh no, they're gonna be great looking women for sure, for sure. But speaking of like child star, um, you know, coming up, having a bit of a not rough, but going into a different light than what they were at one point, Jake Paul, right? I mean, we've got this guy, Jake Paul, who has actually transcended boxing. I'm not gonna I'm I'm gonna give him his flowers to a degree because like he's an amazing business this man when it comes to just marketing himself advertising put himself out there like shoot i wish i had that type of clout and also that type of mind to be able to just move like that but we see a video of this man jake paul running runs runs away from floyd like first off jake paul you're like you're way bigger than floyd mayweather i'm just gonna be honest like and way bigger i mean and then you have to think like Boxing has come to this point now where it is a very much celebrity-based thing, and there's going to be a lot of views. It's going to make a lot of money off of pay-per-view. It's getting more looks than ever nowadays when it comes to boxing, because boxing used to be a whole lot different. Um, But the question really is, and we don't know, we, we, we try to stay, not stay off of sports, but sports is part of culture, so we got to talk about it. But I mean, how do you feel, Mike, about, you know, the state of boxing, what it's doing to us as a community who loves sports individ individually or just culture all around? I think that Jake Paul 
single-handedly saved boxing. And there's probably going to be a lot of boxing loyalists out there listening that are going to be upset with my take. You know, they're probably going to say, hey, he's not he's not a real boxer. He's not even fighting boxers. And the one time they did fight a real boxer or, you know, he's not even that real Tommy Fury, but you know, uh, he, he lost. And so they're probably saying, you know, how was he saving boxing? Well, he's saving boxing because people are actually taking the time to watch it. That's how he's saving boxing. Boxing is a dying sport, unfortunately. And the hate, the the magical days back in the day, Mike Tyson, even taking it back to George Foreman, Sugar Ray, uh, Muhammad Ali, those days are over. People aren't tuning in like that. You want to know why? It's because the boxers don't know how to market themselves. They're boring people. We don't care about you. We really don't care about you. We don't know who you are. And the boxers don't want to take it up on themselves to have personality, to be bold. Look at UFC. Look at Conor McGregor. Uh, what's his name? Khabib. Uh, all them. Look at how they're marketing themselves. Look at how they're moving. They're they're bold. They're entertaining. It's a wow factor. I think Jake Paul's bringing that back to boxing. And if the actual boxers don't want to do it, then you're going to get left behind. And we're going to go to the celebrities because the celebrities know how to make it entertaining. They know how to you know get under people's skin. We want to see these people fight. We, you know, there's their names that we want to see. You boxing, listen to me. You gotta go back to making the name big. Look at Muhammad Ali's press conferences. Look how he worked the press with everything he said. Float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. Statements like that that they're just statements that will never die. They're absolutely timeless. You have to go back to that. And there's very few boxers out there that are making us feel that way. Jake Paul is the first person to make the average person feel that way again. And even though we all want to see him lose, because I sure as hell was happy to see him lose, but I Mm -hmm. can't help the fact that when he's fighting, I'm checking up to see, did he win or lose? I need to know he's that that important. He's that polarizing. I think he's saving boxing. I think real boxers who, you know, want the game, the art to be preserved, you need to take a page out of his book, pay attention, and learn because he's giving you the blueprint on how to blow this shit back up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I agree to, uh, with you to a, to a sense. I, I told you, I give Jake Paul his flowers, you know, um, you know, about being an entertainer. I mean, like, you look at the most popular pay-per-view fights right now, boxing-wise, they are based around celebrities, right? You had KSI, you had all these other guys, not just Jake Paul, um, Logan Paul, his brother, um, obviously like Tommy Fury, people that know how to entertain and how to put people, they already have a following, right? Like, what's what's the what's the little Hispanic guy's name? I can't remember his name right now. Uh, quick Hands, oh, gosh, I can't remember. He had the challenge a couple years ago where he would punch people with oh, uh, with Ryan the, Garcia. Ryan Garcia, that guy, amazing boxer. I mean, amazing, but he doesn't have personality. Even though he's um, like he got it got him so far, like it gets him so far. But for you to make money, one, to keep people entertained and to bring new people into a sport, that's how sports continue to grow. So when you bring new people into them, like people talk about baseball as a boring sport, it is if you are watching it a lot of times. If you don't know about it, but like right now they've got the World Baseball Classic. I don't know if anybody's keeping up with that or anything like that. But it's bringing all these different nations into into one tournament against each other for the literal world championship the best country at baseball 
and that's exciting for a lot of people. I watched the I watched the video of the Japanese fans and how excited they were to watch not only Shohei Otani, if you guys don't know him, look him up, one of the most prolific talents baseball's ever seen, but to watch teams just play baseball. And it brings excitement back to a game that does feel like it be, is dying at sometimes. But boxing is one of those sports where it's an old man sport, right? You know what I mean by that, right, Mike? Like, I mean, your old, your uncle or your, or your dad or like a granddad or somebody was watching it at some point in your childhood where you were just chilling, like being a kid, not knowing what the hell is going on. And they loved it because they remember those days, the Mike Tyson days, the George Foremans, and some of them even being old enough to remember the Muhammad Ali days. They all remember that. But what I'm saying is, is that I love the art of boxing because it genuinely builds character. Not only that, it builds discipline and it, you learn an art. That's the only quorum I have with that, with the state that it is in right now, with the way that he's taking it and the way that these other celebrities are taking it. Everything else, I love it because like, like you said, I will tune in. Like, I will go to a bar to watch it if I have the time, if I have, this, if I have a moment. I will go and watch the fight. Like, there's no reason for me not to. I'm getting it for free. I don't have to pay it on my own, on my own television, on my own pay-per-view, pay 70, 80 bucks. I might as well watch it for free and watch this guy win or lose. And I want him to lose. Everybody loves a villain. Listen, Everybody a, loves a villain. I'm going to challenge you on that point of, you know, the old boxing, how it was, and, you know, the artistic style and all that. The reason why I'll challenge you is that is we need this wave of what Jake Paul is bringing to bring those boxers back into the sport. What Jake Paul is doing is, like you said, is bringing more eyes, is bringing more people there. And as more eyes come, as more people come, then more kids are going to aspire to be Jake Paul. They're going to aspire to be KSI. And as they do that, they're going to have to take boxing serious. One thing that I'll give Jake... Paul props for it. He's actually taking the sport serious. If you look at it, he's actually pretty damn good for a regular person who hasn't boxed that much. He's pretty damn good. And yeah. what he's going to do is he's going to bring a lot of eyeballs back to the sport. He's going to bring a lot of people. Hey, I can do that. I want to do that. And they're going to start at a young age. And as more people come, it doesn't matter who's coming in. It doesn't matter who's watching. As more people come, a bigger pool of talent comes, comes greater stars. And you know who they're learning from? They're learning from Jake Paul. So these guys are gonna come in, they're gonna have, they're gonna be flashy. They're gonna know how to show and market. They're gonna be showmans. You know, they're gonna have showmanship out the gate from the jump. And it's gonna be like the AAU basketball players we're seeing out. You see these kids, they're in high school. They're already moving like they're celebrities. They think they're on top of the world. That's how these new set of boxers are gonna come in. And they're gonna come in on some YouTube channel, Instagram channel. We're gonna follow them from 10 year olds all the way up. And I think it's only gonna bring more essence to the sport. And as we get rid of the wave of the celebrities, all the celebrities are gonna come in and the, you know, they're gonna do it and it's gonna look ugly. But 10, 15 years down the line, the kids that watched them do that and were entertained, those kids aren't gonna just be scrubs because they're starting now. They're in their, you know, they're going to the boxing gym. They're 10 years old. I'm going to start now. I'm going to be the next one. They're making those YouTube videos. I think it can only be up for the sport. And, I, you know, I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah, I mean, and I, I definitely feel that. I mean, I, I understand where you're coming from in that sense. Because you do have to be able to ignite the youth, which is a really hard thing to do in a sport, like you said, that is dying in a, in a, in a sense. Um, 
And that's one of the hardest things. I mean, you're right. Like, Bronny James not only has been a celebrity his whole life because of his father, right? But Bronny James is a fucking massive star. Like, it, 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 ev- like if you know LeBron James, you know Bronny James. It, it, it's just that easy. The kid isn't... I mean, look, hey, Bronny, no hate, bro. He's not, he's not, he's not that great. He's a talented individual definitely should play at the college level at really high be a good role player in the nba maybe a good maybe have a couple good seasons at one point but we're following this kid not only because of his father we're following him because this kid starts to move like a celebrity his teammates is some of his old teammates move like a celebrity one of his old teammates his mom was uh, apparently on a date with drake like this is this is the type of stuff that we need for the public nowadays because wait the way that social media is now and I always bring this up because that's what we are driven by nowadays. We know our information through social media. We get friends through social media. We get anything from social media. And we start to find people that we like and entertain us on social media. If you can grasp that for anybody out there that's wanting to be an entertainer in any regard, especially if it's within the sport of boxing. I mean, I've got to respect Jake Paul. Like I said, I'm not a huge fan of it, but I do appreciate it because it keeps me engaged to something that I like. I enjoy watch boxing, watching boxing, but I like to see knockouts. I like to see stupid foolery. I like to see that tomfoolery sometimes and people saying dumb shit that don't make no sense, but rouse people up. That's exciting. So I don't want to beat a dead horse. I mean, at the end of the day, my, I mean, you have any final thoughts on that? Because I, I know that, like, how I feel. I've pr- kind of stated my piece on that. Yeah, no. Um, like I said, I stated my piece as well. I'm excited to see where it goes. Kudos to Jake. I mean, I know we didn't really get into uh, too much about Floyd going to uh, make him run away and how that might make his look thing. But at the end of the day, you know, one thing I'll say on that is Floyd probably had – Floyd runs deep with his group. You know, he probably had 50-something guys with him. It looked like Jake Paul had one, like, makeshift wannabe security guard who looked like he mm-hmm. was about to shit his pants when Floyd and his crew was pressing him. And that's why Jake ran. Jake, <laughs> Jake knew that. He was like, hey, man, I didn't splurge on the security guard today. I got the cheap rent-a-cop security guard. <laughs> this shit ain't going to go right. Jake ran straight to the popo. I already ran straight to the popo. So, you know, hey, uh, I want to hate, but at the same time, that's what I'm doing. I ain't challenging Floyd. Floyd, you yeah, you got it, bro. You got it. Peace. I'm, oh, you, I'm out boy. here just like Tyreek. Peace. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, in that, in that same sense, like, I do kind of want to roll into, not kind of, I do want to roll into it because it's actually a super exciting topic for, I think, the both of us because, you know, we love talking about music. We love talking about just 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 music i love music man i'm I'm obsessed with it but um so rumored to be a, a joint project now and this uh with the biggest artist in the world in my opinion maybe aside from bad bunny drake and one everybody's favorite future almost favorite future behind drake little baby rumor joint project right and so we know drake has obviously had collabs with future 21 which were both bangers, right? We had What a Time to Be Alive and we had Her Laws, both just absolute stunners. But we're talking about a joint album with Baby where he, if you remember, uh, let me not get into it. Let's ask the question here. Who's going to be the best duo? And you got to tell an honest answer here. Like just looking at our past and now looking at the future of a possible joint project with Baby, is it going to be the, is it going to be Future and Drake, 21 and Drake, or Lil Baby and Drake? Mike, let me get your thoughts on that, man. 
Okay, and let's let's also rank it. So um, I got you. Let's let's rank them from three. So I'm gonna start off on my third, who I think will be the worst. And I, you know, I say that with caution because I don't think any of them are bad. So when I say worst, it's just worst of the three. I think when it's all said and done, even though this album was big, it was a banger, it was an absolute classic and just a, you know, just amazing and a time in itself, you know, and it was just, only way I could put it was just, what a time to be alive when it came out, right? You know what I'm saying? Hmm. Yeah. I think I think Drake and Future will end up being the worst album. And why do I say that? And I know because you know we hold Drake and Future that collab. They've done so many like so many great projects and tracks that they've put out together. Uh, they 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 literally can't miss. So I I can understand. And people are probably saying, so how do you have them third? Can we be honest about what a time to be alive? Because I love that album. It was great. But at the end of the day, it was a lot of throwing pieces together and calling it an album. And what it really shows is just how big and how influential Drake and Future were at that time, where they could just throw these songs together like that. They made it on a tour. And they just put these songs together and put it out, and it went crazy. But let's let's really look back at it. Jumpman, 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 them boys are up to something. How long do you think it took Drake to come up with that line, yo? Ghostwriter, bro. Ghostwriter. What do you mean? Like, let's really be honest. They really threw those those tracks together, and it went crazy, and everything they've done has been amazing together. But I'm going to have to go third just because I don't feel like it was something that they really spent a lot of time. I don't feel like it was a meticulous album, top to bottom, just complete. I think it was, you know, you got Drake pandering to Future Sound on that album, which I feel like it would have been better suited for Future to kind of pander to Drake Sound or for them to kind of enter in both of each other's lanes. But it really, to me, just sounded like Drake was on Future Sound. And how are you going to have Drake on the backseat, bro? That don't work. That don't work on any type of, no, you can't have Drake on the backseat. So for my second, I'm going to have to go with Drake and 21 Savage, Her Loss. And the reason why I say Drake, 21 Savage, Her Loss, one, that album was beautiful. Beautiful album, top to bottom. Some of the best is it was, it was Drake reminding us, hey, I don't care who's out there, who you claiming is taking over as the next guy. I still got this. I still got this. I think 21's presence on that album was good. Um, wasn't great. But I still feel like the compliments to each other and the cohesiveness of the album was just a better top to bottom album than what a time to be alive. Even though I feel like this was a Drake album featuring 21 Savage more so than a collab album, which is kind of how they're presenting it. Um, I feel like that's how they're presenting it because it's really Drake sound is all over that and 21, which this was the first time, be honest, that Drake's really kind of overpowered 21 on tracks was in that album. Mm -hmm. Previously before that, Knife Talk, Jimmy Cooks. Oh Cooks, my God. Those are all 21. That's Those are 21 songs and Drake was up there. Knife Talk, I, I'm someone who believes Drake don't need to be nowhere near that track. 
He need not to even go close. away. That need to be a 21 track, and Drake can go. I don't know what he, you know, Poppy outside. Poppy need to keep his ass outside, yo, because we didn't need you on that track at all, <laughs> to be honest. But which one do I think is going to be the best? Drake and Lil Baby, when they drop this album, will be the best collab that Drake has had. And why do I say that? I think it's going to be the best collab that Drake has had because it'll be the first collab that Drake gets washed on. I think Lil Baby will wash Drake. And the only way Drake doesn't wash Lil Baby or... The little baby doesn't wash Drake is if Drake comes in, he's going to have to give his A++ game. And if Drake is coming in giving his A++ game, this album will be absolute gold from top to bottom. Let's really look at what little baby and Drake's collabs have looked at. In my opinion, little baby has washed Drake every single time. It hasn't been close. And we and like I said with 21, 21's washed them on a sonic level, on a sound level, 21 songs. It just sounds like Drake doesn't need here. But no one washes Drake on a lyrical level. Lil Baby on all the tracks on a lyrical level, on a memorability level, anything you can name up is just so much more impactful what Lil Baby is putting on that track. And I think what Lil Baby would be able to get out of Drake because he knows. Because when Drake puts his song in, Lil Baby puts his verse in, it's going to be it's gonna be mayhem. That's going to be war on every single track. And I'm calling it here. I think it will be the first time that Drake has been washed on a collab. I think Lil Baby takes that album over, and that's why it will be the best one. Well, I mean, I can I can agree that we are going to disagree here. That's where I feel. So look, man, I you know I'm a, I'm a I think everybody's a bit of a Stanford Drake unless you're like 75 and can't even listen to music anymore. <laughs> um, just a little bit. I think everybody's a little bit of a Stanford Drake, and that's going to be the reason why I would put Drake and 21 at third in her loss. I love that album. I enjoy it. I enjoy it a lot. It's cohesive to a degree. It's got some fun songs, got some cool songs, got some old Drake type of vibes. 21 starts to get a new little bit of a different sound. It's fun to listen to. No problem there at all. One of the things I had a problem with is is that obviously knowing the potential of little baby and what he can do on the track and then obviously future in their album. Like I don't think Drake to this day has still brought out his best. Like just flat out period has not brought out his best. And it might be, that might be a contradictory term once I get to my number one, but I think he's still got plenty of music left to go. I know we were talking about him retiring. He was talking about retiring the other day. Ain't no way he fucking retiring. That boy is about to make some bread. Um, So I'm just leaving him at that because I mean, there's no, there's no reason to elaborate. We all love her loss. We love, we love the rich flex. Like we love broke boys. We don't circle loco, talk a little shots here and there. We like that Drake. We all do. We love those shots. When he was taking shots at Meek back in 2014, 2015, 2015 summer. I mean, there's not much to explain. We all love rich flex. We all love Alma, the broke boy, circle loco, little shots. Like I said, 
you know, when it came back in the day when we were all listening to the tracks that he was putting out, the diss tracks when Drake was coming at Meek in 2015, we loved that Drake, that hard hitter Drake, where he's he's just ripping shots and he's throwing things at people, and it and it makes it feel like he's a rapper, not a singer, because he always be trying to prove he's a rapper, not a singer. If we remember that, um, but that's all my point and why I put them at third. Just simple as that. Love the album, but that's just how it is. Number two. I gotta put the little baby, potential little baby in Drake collab. And I'm gonna be, I'm gonna, I'm, my reasoning why everyone loves Drake. Everybody, bro. Everyone. But not everyone loves little baby. I love little baby. You love little baby. Your best friend, your girl, your friend, your other friend loves little baby. But there's somebody out there. We know there's a group of people, there's a hate group. Around there, running around saying, we don't like little Baby. Can you sound like a little Baby on the tracks? But he do be spitting. And for the very reason that you said that you would put that at number one, I would put it at number two because the fact that Drake wouldn't be shining on an album that he's supposed to be collaborating on with Lil Baby, I think people would have a problem with that and it would lose the, the re-listen value, the replay value. And that... Is one of the biggest pieces here. Don't get me wrong. I know for a damn fact that album, if that project comes out, it's gonna be a fucking banger. It is going to be a banger. And if it if it flops, if a, if a Drake and Little Baby album flops, he needs to retire. He needs to retire. Like that's that's how I feel. And I would hate it because I love his music, but he needs to get out. Little Baby can keep going doing his thing. Little Baby bodied this man on his little EP he put out. Bodied him. It, they're, they're still little Becky. I don't know if y'all know like Cool Becky, where she rapping the whole song at the wedding. I don't know, baby. I love me at three. So we know that more. I don't even remember what Drake said. I just hear him say sins. I got sins. No, he is he re he regretted he regretted the very moment he after he heard that track. It was like sins. And it was like oh shit. He just beat my ass to the ground. That is what happened. And when Drake gets beat to the ground for a whole album, we ain't going to replay it. I will. A music listener will. But not the, the girls out here that love to just be. I promise you they won't re-listen to it the way they want to. They don't pay attention to lyrics. They, I mean, I'm being honest. Got some some guys out here who ain't going to know the lyrics. Like, oh, I ain't going to play this no more. If the beat sucks, if the beat sucks, it's going to be trash. But I'm still putting it in a second because I know Lil Baby going to show out. And I know Drake going to come with the fire because he already got bodied on his last track, one of his uh, recent tracks with him, and he ain't going to let that happen again. I hope he doesn't because if it does, I'm going to let y'all know. Y'all going to feel that same way. So my number one, the high and almighty, what a time to be alive. So I might be a bit biased because, I mean, Mike, Mike, Chad and I all went to college at the same time. We all we all were on the same journey. We all were in the summer. We all had this album lined up. This was any party you walked into. Jump man, jump man, jump man, jump man, jump man, jump man. It was, I mean, every single freaking place you went, it was on the radio. It would probably, it was probably playing on automatic on your ox cord in the car. It was that, it was that hot. I just looked back at the tracks, right? So I did a little bit of teeny bit of research while we were chatting there for a second. That song by itself, just jump man, seven hundred and sixty million plays. 
there are only three songs or four, four songs out of an 11 track album that have less than 100 million plays. Wow. Obviously, it's been out way longer. I mean, we got to give her lost time, but um, and Lil Baby and them, if they do, if and when they do drop that album, we got to give that time too. The type of traction that this album got was flat out stupid. Flat out stupid. It shouldn't even been this way. Like, I mean, me personally, Future and Drake, I think they, like you said, they don't miss. They mesh so perfectly because Drake's mumble, or not Drake, Future's mumble rap, and his like, oh, and now with his whole persona of being, like, he don't be treating women right because he don't know how to treat them right because he love them so much. I don't know what his whole ideology is behind that, <laughs> but that's his deal. Drake was in his bag in this album. Future said, all right, bro, let me just throw me on these choruses, throw me on these little interlude type stuff, and that's all I need to do. Because if we talk about an album saying, Drake featuring 21. This was an album basically aside from like what was it, Jersey? Yeah, Jersey or 30, yeah, yeah. 30, 30, 30. Like, dude, that was it was Drake's album, bro. It was Drake's album. Hey, he was like, Hey, future, hop on this, bro. You'll get like 20%, but like hop on this real quick. Like, that was that was him just bringing future up because future already had like uh March Madness. He had he was popping too. Their popularity meshed at the perfect time. Right now, Drake is 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 top of the game. We all know he's top of the game. Lil Baby's at the top of the game. He's not the very top of the game. He's not there's some people would put him below some other artists. The fact of the matter is, right then and that very point in time, Future and Drake were at the at the peak, almost at the peak of their existence as artists. That is why it's my number one. There is no album that Drake's gonna put out unless he puts out an album, a collab, collab, a full collab album with Michael Jackson, about fifteen tracks. That's the only way he would be, he'd be able to beat it. And I feel like it'd be a trash album. Michael Jackson's beat or uh, voice would just destroy Drake. And that's the only way it would work. That's the way I see it. Love Lil Baby, love Twenty One, but when you got Drake's name on the album, you gotta show out. And Future came out and did his thing, did his mumble rap. <laughs> Did his mumble rap, made it work, and people loved it. I know I did. I know I had a plenty of dancing, dancing going to that song. I know I had plenty of workouts going to that songs, those songs. It this is how it is. So I knew we were gonna disagree, Mike, but let me hear your thoughts. See what see where your head's at now. You kind of know my top three and where we're going on that. Sterling, man. No. No, I, I just I, I just cannot accept that. I will not accept that. So you're telling me that just because little baby's gonna come in and put in work, that people aren't gonna listen to that? You know what I mean? Little no. baby stands right there. No, little baby's gonna come out there spaz on the track, and if you don't want to listen to him spaz on the track and eat Drake, then he's just gonna be wham wham wham. Him. Bitch, I'm a little baby, yo, because he about to eat, son. Eat. Little baby's gonna come on that track and absolutely demolish, and. Drake knows that Lil Baby's going to come with absolute heat. And the reason why I think that this has all the makings to be the best of the three pairs is because this is the only one that could potentially have a passing of the throne. If we think about the young rappers in the game and who can, like, we know who's running the, the game right now. We got Drake, we got Kanye, we got Kendrick, we got Cole. Those are the four Mount Rushmore guys in the game right now that are absolutely running it. You can't touch them. But who's the new class? The new class is wide open for who's the next GOAT. We got Travis. We got Uzi. 
and we got uh little baby and we got little dirt and Love i it. think little baby on this album with drake has all the makings has all the opportunity especially because um his last album that he dropped was not was not that great. I mean, it was a good album, but it was not what it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be here. I'm, I'm here. I'm the goat. You know, I'm the next one. Move out the way, and it didn't do that. It, it did good, but it didn't do that. So I know. So you know, little baby's gonna come in, and he's gonna. He knows he has to perform on this album. He's with Drake. He has to perform on this album. This is the one chance out of future. Future was he was at the peak of his game, like you said, but no one thought future could take the throne from Drake. No one thought that. 21 Savage, you know, 21 Savage be doing his thing. It's cute, you know what I'm saying, what he's doing out there. But no one thinks 21 Savage is taking the throne from anyone. He's not that type of rapper. But Lil Baby can absolutely take the throne from Drake. He can, if he comes in here and he does his thing, and I even think if Lil Baby's even, if it's neck and neck, then Lil Baby's taking the throne. And I think people will look at it as well, his album, not Drake's album. I think he's going to be the header on that. This will be an absolutely crazy album because it will force Drake to bring a pen that he's never had to bring unless he was with Lil, Lil Wayne. Those Lil Wayne collabs, Drake always brings the pen. The Rick Ross collabs, Drake brings the pen. Lil Baby's going to force him to bring the pen from track one to hopefully we get 18 of them joints because it's going to be absolutely crazy. But I also think you're kind of putting, you you put her loss down too far, man. Too far. Mm. Not cohesive, man. 21 Savage and Drake, that was like a, Drake was calling so many shots, man. That was Drake over here like, hey, like, don't put me down. He was... I love that energy from Drake, and I, I get the What a Time to Be Alive was a crazy time. It was a party album, but I like when Drake's on the track and he, you know, he really tells you how he's feeling. He's trying to get a point across. That's what I want from Drake, and I think Lil Baby will force him to do it. That's why I think you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like I said, we were, we were going to have to agree to disagree with this because you're not going to change my thoughts on what a time to be alive. It's just how it is. Obviously, like I said, I can be a bit biased. I think anyone would be a bit biased to some degree. But like I said, I mean, when it comes to her loss, I think her loss was a good album. I enjoyed it. It's got replay. It's got some replayability. Uh, obviously, because we probably listen to Rich, at least Rich Flex and Broke Boys at least 50, 40, 30, 40 times now, minimum. Um, and I know I've listened to way more than that. And I've no listened to music every day. Yeah, yeah. I listen to music every day. So for some people that, you know, when you do your drive to work, you probably listen to it. I promise you, like, you listen to it enough. Um, but, like, I, I, it's, no, it's, no, it's no shot at 21 or Drake or anything. I just think for the position that it was, what it was in, the moment that was going on, I think it was a good album, solid. It was fun. I, enjoyed, I think it was a great album, to be honest with you. But I just, with the potential of Lil Baby, and then with the, obviously, the performance of What a Time to Be Alive, I can't put it on that same level and put it above that. That's my only, that's not my only justification. That's one of my justifications for that, because I understand how important it is to have cohesiveness in the album, because it was cohesive. But there were some dead drops. Like, not, like, for me, maybe not dead drops. For other people, there were some dead drops. There were some drops of, oh, oh, that's a little, oh, that's a little touchy. Like, 
Like, and the thing is, let me let me shout y'all out on that album. Let me shout this out. Hopefully, uh, Drake Twenty One, y'all listen to this. Mm-hmm. Baby, little baby, future, y'all definitely, y'all definitely people in this. But uh, Twenty One, spin about you, loved it, bro. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. It's one of the most underrated songs on the, it is I think it is the most underrated song on that album. And I wanted to I wanted to kind of finish the segment a bit on just your 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 favorite song and your least favorite song on both the obviously current albums, uh collab albums that Drake uh has put out uh between obviously Drake, uh, himself and Future and then himself and 21. How so about you me, tell me yours real quick? Yeah. Yeah, and I'll start. So um obviously what a time to be alive. It might come in a surprise a bit, but Digital Dash is my favorite song on the album by far. By far. And then Live from the Gutter. Even though it was a good song, it is the worst song, in my opinion. That's just my personal opinion. I love all of them. That's just all it is. Okay. And then when it comes to her loss. And let me make sure I pull up the discography for you guys so I'm being accurate here. Cause I ain't trying to I ain't trying to like scam you or nothing. So my favorite song off the album, just point blank, period. Might come in a surprise. Treacherous twins. Oh, I like Treacherous that. little twin. And you know y'all know that, that y'all know no, that's a banger. It's a close tie between the Jumbotron shit popping and treacherous twins. I love both of those songs. And then my least favorite, my least favorite. Sorry, uh, I'm sorry. Twenty one, three a.m. on Glenwood. Um, <laughs> I know, I know. I just gave you your flowers, but that shit was trash. I, I can't. I, I could. I couldn't work with it. We gotta appreciate the try, man. He, he jumped in Drake. He tried. With the, with he the tried. Time. He tried. He gave his time track. You know. Yeah, he gave it. He gave his time. That's all it is. But I want to see your what, what's your uh, favorite, least favorite on both the albums. I'm a co-sign the least favorite on her loss as 3am on Glenwood. <laughs> I'm co-signing that because anyone from the 919 knows that Glenwood closes at 2am anyways. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 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 <laughs> but no. Nah, if you want three him on Glenwood, there's a problem. There's, there's a problem. an issue. You up to no good, dog. <laughs> but no, um, no, I appreciate him trying to give his Drake, you know, timestamp uh track and he kind of jumped in Drake's lane a little bit there and kind of stepped out of his comfort zone. I appreciate it. But hey bro, we yeah. don't want that from you. We want gangster shit. We want fucking we want nice even though you're from Great Britain, bro. Even <laughs> though you're from UK, we still want the gangster shit. Uh best track off that album, uh Middle of the Ocean. That is the vibe. That's my favorite type of Drake song ever. I love Middle of the Ocean, like lemon pepper freestyle. All I need is Drake to have an instrumental, let it run, and he just gives me, he just he just goes in. Tell me about your day. Tell me about your life. Tell me what's making you mad. Tell me what's making you happy. Tell me about that one girl. I'm in the Bebelo. He's in the Bebelo. I don't even know what he be talking about. You got to Nobody knows. He's too rich, bro. He rapping about stuff. But I don't even know what he's talking about. I got to. It's unrelievable. It's unbelievable this stuff. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, what? <laughs> it's it's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, so, but what a time to be alive. My favorite track off that album is, and it's an easy one for me, Jersey. I yeah. love Jersey. I love Jersey. I, there's something about it. And you know, you know what, like, 
makes me, I can't listen to that song just once. You know what makes me always restart it? Is at the end of the song, it makes it seem like it's about to be another beat drop and it just mm-hmm. doesn't drop again. And it just kind of goes away and ends. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. I got to hear that beat drop one more time. And it makes me restart it every single time. Mm-hmm. Um, for my least favorite track, oh, I don't even. Honestly, man, this wasn't my least favorite track when it dropped. But for, for some reason, Jumpman didn't grow on me that well. Wow. It didn't grow on me. Wow. And I That's insane. And I and I loved that track when it dropped. But for something about it now, just kinda it kinda has like a cheesy aspect to it to me for some reason. Jumpman, 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 jumpman. Yeah, I feel like you gotta be like and I don't know if I like kinda subconsciously think about myself as a um, you know, immature version of myself and because of that when i listen to it i can only hear this like immature you know 20 year olds out here having fun to it and i'm just like i'm 25 only but i'm just over here like oh man maybe i outgrew it but Jumpman just didn't age that well for me and um that's just that but jersey fire absolute best song on the track i go back to that song more than any other song on that album future killed it and you know that's why I think that Drake kind of like swam in futures lane right there. But um, yeah, that's all I uh, that's all I really got on the greatest and the my least favorite on that album. Yeah, so I uh, wanted to just finish off on one last uh, segment here, uh, just to keep y'all a little bit you know on your toes, uh, jumping around on your toes, jumping around, uh, jumping, jumping. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So we don't really talk a lot about um oh, also before we end that segment about Drake and his whole thing. If y'all don't know about the pre-sale tickets, Drake and 21's uh tour drop uh tomorrow. Just if you are gonna buy the tickets, there he's touring big cities. Good luck. Tickets are starting as low as 70 bucks. Good luck, have fun. Um but moving into a bit of a different direction because I really want to talk. We had a few topics we want to talk about, and I thought I'd, I'd try to finish it off on something a little bit different. Um, but Kendall Jenner and Bad Bunny, we know we know both those names, right? I mean, I, I think anybody who's watching probably knows you Jenner. Better know both those names. <laughs> and if you don't know Bad Bunny, you need to look him up because this man is taking over the world. So apparently, uh, you know they're dating or seeing each other or whatever talking whatever it is nowadays because it's hookup culture who knows who's dating who's not dating whatever but i did want to say like we know the whole shtick about the kardashians and the jenners and what they do to basketball players in particular or any type of athlete and typically makes them worse because they're at the top of their game and next thing you know they're not um but I think this this is a question that we we all have to ask. And I want to hear you guys' comments down below. Every single question we ask, and we want to hear you guys' comments down below. Let us know. But I mean, would you sip that juice, man? Because I mean, Kendall, Kendall, Skindle, would you sip that Kardashian Jenner juice, Mike? See, this is a tough one. Um, I'm sipping Kendall's juice. <laughs> <laughs> Either way you want to take that phrase, I'm uh, yeah, I'm sipping it that way. Um, 
But I'm scared for Bad Bunny, man. Next album's an automatic flop, yo. Flop. Auto. Automatic flop. The Kardashian curse is so real. Look what they did to my boy, Ye. Ye out here locked up. We ain't heard from Ye in a minute. He lost his Billy status. They calling him crazy out here. He's out here making anti-Semitic fucking statements out here. Kanye's been twisted ever since he's been with Kim, ever since he sipped the juice. So, nah. Let me be honest because I love Kendall, but no, I'm not sipping any Kardashian juice. I'm staying as far away from that as possible, man. I think the family is just, I don't even know if they're even capable of having like real relationships, like real bonding experiences. I think everything they do is a marketing scheme. It's all a business. Chris Jenner Chris is an absolute mastermind. Absolute mastermind. She's, a, she's brilliant. The way she turned these, you know, basic ass chicks into the most influential family in pop culture history, probably, you know, mm-hmm. it's, abs- it's it's crazy. And the Bad Bunny, you know, he, he's on top of his game. I see why he wants the Kindle juice because that, I bet, is freshly squeezed. <laughs> I, bet, I bet it's freshly squeezed, you know. I bet it's just like, you know, taking the lime and pouring it right in your tequila tonic, you know, and giving that little tangy flavor to it but yeah. i I'm, I'm just not sipping it man and I, I don't really have too much to get into on that but i will stay as far away as possible i don't I think bad bunny's too big he don't need that if it's a publicity stunt you don't need that publicity man you you might be bigger than kendall jenner already you know yeah, um, yeah. i think he definitely is I think yeah he definitely is. kendall's name might go further but bad bunny as a career is probably bigger than kendall already so i don't know why yeah. you're doing this I don't think it's worked out for one person yet. It hasn't worked out no. for Travis. Tristan got, Tristan got fucked. Tristan, Tristan, Tristan got <laughs> fucked and exposed every quarter. He's just a dumb nigga, though. That's a big No, he is not. He's not nigga. a <laughs> But that's all that is. But I'm... <laughs> no, I mean, look, I, I think if, if you're asking the question about, like, if you would sip that, like, sip the Kardashian Jenner juice. I think from a perspective, right? Like, if it was me and I was an upcoming artist, upcoming, right? Most of the people, they go for the top G's type shit. But, like, if I was, like, an up-and-coming guy, like, I was, like, kind of, like, on that brink of hitting, like, rock star if I was an artist or uh, athlete or whatever it was, I mean, I'm definitely sipping. Why not? Because Chris going to get you in on the gig. She can be like, oh, yeah, so you're going to date her for like three months and then it'll be over, but you're going to be clouded up and your career is probably going to be in the, in, the, in the tank, but you're going to make a lot of money in three months. So it's it, it, it's a double-edged sword where you got to you gotta kind of live with the consequences, good or bad. But for me, I, I mean, look, clout's everything in the pop culture game. It's everything. And if you ain't got clout, if, if you want to get clout, you hang with the Jenners and the Kardashians. It's just how it works. And that's just my opinion on it. I think he's already sipping the juice. He's been sipping it for a bit. That's why I ain't heard too much from Bad Bunny aside from his what is it, Grammy's performance. That was it. He don't fell off the face of the earth since then. So <laughs> he might be dead in a whole other stratosphere right now, for all we know. But that's my opinion on it. I just think he is a he's at the top of his game. If I was his position, I wouldn't. But like I said, if I was in a position and I was up and coming and I was on that cusp, I'd definitely take a little sip just to make sure I got to where I wanted to be and make my money and get me the hell out of there. <laughs> Bro, but, I, I just want you to know, Ray J's still out here dealing with the consequences of sipping the, <laughs> the 
Kardashian juice, yo. He still got to talk about a sex tape that was like two decades ago. You know what's messed up? They talk about they talk about that that tape with him on the interviews, but they never talked to Kim about it. It's like it's like she was involved too. That's the Kardashian she was a- juice, bro. Bro, that's you know Chris got it in with every single producer, every single interviewer. She already knows like, hey, do not ask her that question. I'll give you, I'll give you whatever you want for it. So he must not got the bands to hold it up. I mean, and I didn't want to drag on the uh, the conversation too long because it's just a little fun thing to end the conversation and end, end tonight on. But I mean, other than that, I mean, is there anything you want to say before uh, we we head out? Nah, man, I'm good. This was this was a good pod. I, I think there's a lot of good stuff in here. I'm yeah, happy man. with. It. Hell yeah. So ladies, that's that's all we got. That's tonight. You know, we'll always see you next Wednesday. Uh, but that's all we got for you tonight. And don't expect nothing else from us. We gave you about an hour 20 of content right there. So you better be happy with it. You hear me? So <laughs> for, the, for the fellas out there listening, listen, man, they only want a 1%, man. So you got to quit your bitching and just get your bread up already. Just get it up. And for the ladies out there listening, Come on, give it up. Move on, sweetie. He don't want you, but it's okay because you're still beautiful and powerful and will always love you. It's the After Dark Podcast. Until next time.